We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to Pod Mavericks. Uh, what is the name of the show here? It is Mavs Party. I am Kirk Henderson. I'm editor-in-chief over at MavsMoneyBall.com. You are hanging out with me. It's 11.30 on December 16th. Josh Bow and I just finished our uh, regular recap show. And thanks to the advice of some of our stellar commenters, we are continuing with our regular post-game Fan cast, which if you want to participate, if you want to come talk basketball with me, if you want to come yell at me or at any of the Dallas Mavericks related things that happened, if you want to gush over any of the players that we just watched, I want you to click the link in the live show comments for those uh, who are watching on YouTube. It is a StreamYard link. It is pinned in the YouTube comments. I'm going to post it again and again and again. We'll see if we can get some people to hang out in here and Come up and tell me what they thought about tonight's game or think about any of the things Josh and I just talked about or talk, you know, kind of in the basketball world in general since this game uh, wasn't exactly the best game uh, that we've seen. Though the Mavericks are 16 and 9, seven games above 500 after 25 games is pretty ridiculous to me. Um, the Mavericks at the moment, where are we sitting in the standings now that things are a little more settled on the evening? The Mavericks are now, <laughs> because the Nuggets lost to the Thunder on a last-second shot after basically winning the whole game, the Mavericks now hold a half-game lead over the you – know, is it even a half-game lead? No, they, they basically hold a winning percentage lead over the Denver Nuggets. They're third in the West with that 16-9 and record, which is absolutely hilarious to me. So we'll we'll see what's uh, what's going on with that. Um, I appreciate you guys going ahead and, and hanging out in here with me. Um, for those of you who have been following 
what was then the Mavs Moneyball podcast and then the Pod Maverick podcast for some time. We have hosted these sort of fan participation shows because Josh and I are fans. Um, Josh is much more of an actual media member than I am. But I used to run these shows on, what was it? like locker room at first there are these apps through your iphone and through your android that you could access without actually having to look at anyone and now because it involves having to join uh, a video show we get a little bit less uh, a fewer people that want to come up and and talk basketball with me um at the moment i'm not really seeing anybody join so if that's the case what i'll end up doing is i'll end up closing this show here uh and just talk to myself for a few minutes which is nowhere near as embarrassing as you think it might be uh and i'll go play some video games or, or something distinct um trying to think how much longer i can kind of you know yammer on here because josh and i kind of covered a whole bunch of different topics that i was pretty excited about uh you know covering over these last few games just because you know he and i rarely get to talk um basketball at large so we'll see what uh what folks think about that if they want to come hang out um brad in the chat said why jay kid steal your glasses funny thing brad i actually stole jason kid style and i was really waiting for someone to cook me for that because it's one of those really embarrassing things where i made fun of jason kid for like two years I actually made fun of his glasses only for when it was time for me to go get glasses um my wife told me that i should should get these clear frames because they look good so i was like all right that's fine um all right you know doesn't look like anybody really wants to hang out and talk shot tonight. I can get that. It's not exactly uh, the most interesting game to uh, to talk, you know, talk about other than the fact Luka Doncic good. Um, and we'll see uh, what comes up on what is it? I guess I play the Nuggets. Yeah, we just talked about this. This is how how my uh, my brain is is um, working. Oh, we have Brian. Brian says he wants to join here in a minute because, you know, he wants to... He, Brian is always a, a good regular contributor. But if no one wants to talk, it doesn't bother me. I'll just go do something else. Um, Lord knows I do too much of this anyways. My wife came down during the other show twice uh, with the baby uh, and was... made the point of, like, like hand-waving, being like, it's not a big deal. You don't need to wrap up the show. But she came down twice, so I feel very strongly that she did, in fact, want me to wrap up the show. So... We'll see what's going on here. Um, man, this is just so funny. If they would have held, if they would have held on to actually defeat the Thunder in that crazy thirty-point comeback, the Mavericks would be the second team in the West. It's just nuts. That's the kind of game that it's been. Man. All right, Brian's joined here, so we're going to bring him up. We'll talk a little shop. Then for anybody, again, there's the Streamyard link. I'll post it one more time. It's pinned in the YouTube comments. You can come hang out with me. You know, tell me what you think. But uh Brian, welcome back to the show. What's up, dude? Brother, thanks for having me. Man, uh I'm not gonna lie. I didn't get to see a whole lot of this game. I watched it for the most part through Twitter just because uh I was kinda out, you know, and then I got back some friends and I was checking in on the game and uh I just realized that my mic was muted for a second. That was me. I pressed the wrong person to mute. I was going to cough, and then I muted you instead of me. <laughs> okay. Like, like, wait, did I get in on are, are you familiar with the show, The Rights to Ricky Sanchez? A little bit, yes. It's a 76ers show. It's one of the older fan podcasts, um, and they mm -hmm. like are so big now that they have their own producer for these shows that like basically sits and does all the stuff that I do during it. And I'm friends with their show host. He was telling me about it because I was just been asking him some questions. I was like, how do you do these things? He's like, I don't do any of this shit. 
so-and-so does this stuff <laughs> in the background. I'm like, fuck. Uh, so anyway, sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, nah, you're good. Uh, I just, man, I think <laughs> fat Reggie Bullock, is, fat Bullock is definitely going to stick with Grant uh, until he learns how to, you know, be productive when his shot isn't falling. Because, dude, when his threes are not going, it is ugly out there because everybody on the other team is like, oh, yeah, he's 6'4". I'm shooting right over him. Like Jeremy Grant destroyed him in that first quarter. My goodness. It was really, really bad. Uh, by the way, Jeremy Grant, we saw you. Great audition. We saw you. We'll, we'll be oh, circling you back. You didn't hear me. I knew, you, I knew you weren't in here. I, I, I basically was like, I don't want that dude. Oh, man. Look, Stinky can, can I hear your reasoning again? Because I, I, I get it. I think I know. I think at one point in time before he decided to chase money, which I respect, let me be clear Mm -hmm. here. That man has made generational wealth for his family Mm -hmm. before he decided generational wealth was more important than winning. I think he could have been a very good role player with specific teams. Now I think he has learned habits that are impossible to unlearn. He scores 23 points on 43% shooting. That sucks. That sucks. He's a highly inefficient player. And I think the argument can be made like what the Mavericks don't need offense. They need defense and mm-hmm. and they're not going to get defense from that guy. I think the Mavericks are a bit in need of offense because if, if, if you're checking and you're following the trends of where our offensive rating uh, has landed, like over the course of the last couple of weeks uh, compared to everybody else in the league. Whereas, you know, the first few weeks when Grant was hitting all those shots, we were, yeah, we were like one, we were two, we were three. The last right. few weeks, since Grant hasn't been shooting that well, Timmy has started to have, you know, some games over the last seven games where he's struggling. It's looking more like ninth and 12th and 13th. And, like, the level of offense where, okay, maybe you do actually need to be kind of good on defense for this to work. Whereas if you add another dude that can just – like, the things we'd be asking him to do if he were to come here – are not the things that that terrible Detroit team and this terrible Portland team are asking him to do is hit open corner jumpers, hit open above the break jumpers. Yep. And when Luca gets you the ball wide open or gets you the ball with a completely bent defense, slash and go dunk on somebody. And I'm still pretty confident he can do all of those things. Like if you just slide him in to where Derek Jones Jr. is, except Actually, no, I'd say slide him into where Grant is, really, because Derrick Jones Jr. will probably still be the starting three, him or Exum. And you just have him, hey, sit open on the right side, either the right corner or the right wing. It doesn't matter where you're likely getting an open shot, no matter, you know, which side you or which spot you sit in. And if not, creep along the baseline, and I guarantee you will get an open dump because Derek Lively and Luca are just gutted finding guys out of the pick and roll. And – I I I think he could do that. I think the defense, the, the defense is what it is. It's, it's just like you you got to look at him like he is six eight Tim Hardaway. Except because he's six eight, the defense is kind of just like inherently going to be better, and he's not like lost on defense all the time the way that Tim is. So just by virtue of size and court awareness, the defense gets a bit better just from that. But yeah, he, he's essentially playing that same role. He's just someone that I think could create off the dribble a little bit better. Uh, well, hell, maybe not because Tim's been pretty good at that too this year, surprisingly. Which is except weird. In the game, Tim was yeah, Tim was trending down on twos. I mean, I yeah. just 
the uh, number one, this is like it must be clear. We just got to say this out loud. We're talking about this in the small part because the game wasn't that interesting. Second, yeah. because I think the Mavericks are Mavericks fans are very much going to want this guy. And then third, I just I, I it must be stated very clearly. I think he makes so much money that I don't think you can actually trade for him. He it would be extremely difficult to put together a trade package for a guy who makes. I mean, he's averaging what? So five for 106. So it's like 30, 32 million dollars a year, something like that. Well, th- so it, it escalates uh, the first year. I think it ends at like 36, something like that. The first year uh, this year, I think right now it's like at 27, something like that. Mm. It's actually pretty doable. We could trade. And I know because I've done it in fans many times. We could trade for him uh, <laughs> right now without much trouble. And it would literally just be <laughs> Tim, Josh maybe throw in a pick if you think that they're going to play hardball and want that or Josh uh, Holmes and whatever other extra salary you want to set. I don't know. Uh, like it could be done, but I get it. It's not like he's the only guy that's out there. Right. So like we were talking, uh, I was talking on the timeline with some guys about like, man, did you see that game that Patrick Williams had? Like imagine if no. we just had that. Yeah. No, I know. Like, he had, he had like 25, seven and six, something like that, something crazy. He's been playing really well since Zach Levine like got shot into the sun by the Bulls. Like apparently they all just kind of hate him. But horrendous vibes guy, which is, yeah, and that's the second team that's happened to him too. That's got and, that it is it is really it's and it doesn't even sound like there's like any actual hate. It's just like, oh, can can this guy? It was go just away? so frustrating playing with him. And like he goes, and you look at what Kobe White's been doing. All season, really, but especially mm-hmm. in the last like ten games, they don't miss him. They don't need yeah. him. No, that's true. That's true. Hey, uh, just while I'm thinking about, it, there's a, a, a mm-hmm. so for everybody that's that's listening to the show, either on audio or listening on uh, Twitter or listening on YouTube. On YouTube, people, you can see the comments. The folks that are listening through Twitter, I'm not sure if you can see one another's comments because this is like cross-platform type stuff. If anybody that really wants to join the show and can't see the link to join the show, shoot me a DM on Twitter. I will forward you the show link. I am a lunatic that despite having nearly 20,000 followers, I actually use my DMs like like a text chain and talk to people throughout the day. Brian can attest to this because I talk to him too. Um, yeah. So it's like I will I will most likely see your DM. Shoot me a message and you can come join the show if you're at all interested. Anyways, um, did so one of the things that Josh and I were just laughing about, we spent like four, four or five solid minutes of the show for this. Were you a person during the summer that wanted um, DeAndre Ayton on the team? Oh, God. I was. <laughs> you, you deserve shame. I do. I do. No, I, no, I admit it. Because if you look at what Tim and even Holmes, what when Holmes has gotten you know minutes and not stunk it up, when you look at what they provided us this season, even if it were just sending the two of them, no picks, no nothing else, no extra players, just the two of them for Aiden, it would it wouldn't be equivalent value. That dude. God, man, I like Monty Williams isn't there anymore. I, I don't, I don't really know what's what's going on now. If it's just a lack of motivation, if he is just like struggling and feeling kind of lost and aimless because he knows that he got jettisoned into like a shitty situation with like no real good point guard except maybe Malcolm Brogdon, and he's just kind of disappointed to go from a playoff team to that. Yeah. So maybe that's part of it, and. That's reasonable. That's kind of understandable to me. But at the same time, you don't get out of that by playing like shit and with low effort. 
and putting up five shots against a team that loses Derek Lively in the first quarter. It's really like, something. That didn't make any sense to me. It's really something. I just had to bring that up. It's one of those funny things that nobody in their, their right mind is actually going to attest to because it's like you, you understand the process. If a former number one overall pick is available, you're not going to really – but it's just it, Lively's worked out so much better than any of us could have ever imagined. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, it's okay to have like, like my worst take. Uh, shout out to my my friend Tyler Atoms who brings this up to me every time. Where it's just like I used to have like it's like midway through uh, um, it's probably second or third year uh, mm-hmm. Jalen Jalen stuff where I'd just be like, get this guy off my team. I can't handle these fifteen foot <laughs> bricks. And then the dude, you know. Then, then our man last night for the next goes and scores fifty points and hits nine of nine. Nine from three. of nine from three. Yeah, yeah. So it's just you know we're the point is the, nobody is absolved from bad takes. We all have bad takes. That's the it's it's mostly fun to laugh about. Like you know it's like our, our uh, non friend of the program um, Yoda like had so like if you only have bad takes then you get cooked. Okay. Like, yeah. If your job is professional bad takesman, then you're going to get made fun of. I'm sorry, that's part of it. But otherwise, it just kind of comes with it from time to time, you know? Yeah, and I'm still a proponent of, like, secondary draft guys. Like, I mean, look at what happened for Aaron Gordon. Sure. He, oh, my God. I just saw this comment. Put up. Let's say, I, I, I want you to talk about this one. Finish your thought there, and then we're going to address more of his <laughs> comment. This is, this is a great comment. Yes, please. Uh, okay, yeah. No, uh, look at how Aaron Gordon has worked out for the Nuggets, man. I could – Probably pull up some more guys. Like, I, I mean, before Lonzo got hurt, well, hell, I guess Lonzo would count. Like, if you look at what he was doing in New Orleans after uh, leaving LA, he's another guy, secondary draft, like a really high value lottery pick. You move him to another team, and suddenly he starts to find his foot and find his way. Then he goes to Chicago, and he looked like he was going to be something really outstanding, like not an all star or anything, but a real linchpin to a team that was winning games that mattered. Right. And like, actually getting Zach Levine to play like basketball that actually kind of mattered and right. give effort on defense. And then Lonzo went down and the whole ship kind of sank and they doubled down on it and it all went bad. But I, I still love taking chances on those kinds of guys. That's why I wish we had tried to get in on Pat Will while that value was low early in the season. Cause know, now man. it's not, I don't know that dude that anybody that's like, I want 20 million a year, despite the fact that you score like negative points and just sort of wave from the bench. Like, I don't want that attitude on my team. Like there's a, pecking, there's a pecking order to every basketball team. It's why I didn't want Draymond green. You only get one asshole on the team and our asshole happens to also be our superstar. And so it's like, like you just, I know you got to go get your money. You got to do what's best for you. But then there's just there's there's just a team building component of it, and the Mavericks are a team on the rise. They have two alphas. They have two top tier guys. One mm-hmm. of them's an older guy that can't do what he wanted to do like he used to every night, and that's just fine. They mm-hmm. got the young guy that's capable of doing whatever. So from a team building standpoint, it's just I don't want that energy. I just and that's an important thing to me. It's honestly why I didn't want Kyrie last year. I didn't want his mess, and I think that was a fair position to take. The fact that he's been amazing is is um important to that discussion now but it's just you look at what happens with guys over time and so it's for some of these guys the risk it's just if the Mavericks were a less good team or rather if Luca were less good I think it'd be more fun and so that's where some of these things keep keep kind of popping up all right I think we have to address this amazing question by Mara from a while ago awesome who would you, please who, who would you pick DeAndre Ayton or Christian Wood I'm Christian Goodness. Wood man 
I was just gonna say if we're factoring in the money that they're making as well, like what they what I don't even I, no, I don't even think I'd factor in money. I just think I no, would, and I would purely do purely do Christian Wood. You know, he is when he was with the Mavericks, he was nothing. I think there's some behind the scenes stuff, but in front of the cameras and to the media paired with his play, he was nothing but professional and he tried mm-hmm. hard. He just wasn't great. Versus yeah. eight, like Christian Wood never gave a quote like I'm dominating. Like that that shit hurt yeah, me too. I'm I'm too that. old for this sort of talk. And so it's just that hurt. I will never shake live that one down. And so Jake, on that alone, give me wood. Yeah, the nickname is terrible. Uh, the Phoenix Suns folk, they they helped them coin it, and of course they did. Ma- Master Baton, fucking bum. Yeah, that yeah. So there there's that, right? And yeah, I feel like I would probably go with Christian Wood too, because at least with Christian Wood, you know for the most part what you're going to get night yes. to night. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of on a 10 program where, okay, you know very early on if his shot is falling and if he can play or if his shot is not falling and he's starting to pout and you just need to kind of yank him and reel him in and either yeah. go back to him later or just say, hey, this isn't your night. We'll try again next game. With Aiden – you don't know what you're getting night to night. And, and I was I was a guy who was defending him a bit in the summer because, like, he had major issues with his coach. I would have liked to see Yeah. That's where it's just like with this team, you had a chance to do something, put up a bunch of meaningless meaningless points and lose. And if you can't put up meaningless points and stats, well, see, that's the hard part. That's the hard. This is a great question, though. I'm really delighted on this. I'm going to be thinking about this for a while. I'm going to ask other people in my life this question. I'm going to erase it from my memory five <laughs> seconds from now. <laughs> hey, we're, we're a third of the way. We're a third of the way through the season. We're a third of the way through the season. All right. Well, you got anything else for us? Thank you for, for taking time out of your day to talk to me. Of course, dude. I just met. We're 23. 25. No, we're 25 now. Yeah. We're 25 games into the season and we don't have double digit losses yet. I look, man, say, say what you want. You know, team, Jason Kidd, coach of the elf, year. Jason Kidd, uh, issues that you may have. Nico, oh, he did this, oh, he did that. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Brunson just had a good game. Oh, Nico Brunson, how could you? We're 16 and nine, and nobody saw this coming. Many people within the organization and the fan base did not see this coming. So, man, enjoy this while we got it because y'all know how fast it can end. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining, man. We'll talk soon. Of course, brother. Peace. All right. Coming up next is Brandon. Brandon, man, thank you for joining this show. I know you normally join the other one, but I'm going to be doing these two shows together, and then I'll just break it up by some video. So what's going on tonight? Kirk, I'm good. I'm good. Glad you glad you came on, man. How you doing, bro? Okay. Um, it's almost midnight, and I'm not I'm not exhausted. I don't know how, but we'll see. So you're getting used to being up late with baby. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But it's like the sleep deprivation. My wife let me sleep last night because um, she was out of town for three or four days in a row. She let me sleep all night, and I feel like a new man. It's weird. Yeah, sometimes those power naps and that quick sleep helps a lot. <laughs> man, but you know what, Kirk? I, I was thinking, man, you know, um, about um, Tim Hardaway Jr. And I made a comment in the in the thread earlier. I was, I was thinking, man, I was looking at him and, you know, Jets – numbers and i remember a time when jet was playing well and people were talking about him getting six man and most improved player and i kind of feel that way about you know maybe tim this year because not only is he you know being good as a six man but you know just his improvement over a while with you know being consistent through these these few games if you know he could keep this consistency then 
you know, I, someone can make an argument about him, you know, being a candidate for, for both, you know, accolades. You know, that's just kind of my take on it. I think it's fun. I, I kid kid certainly thinks he's he's up for one for um six man of the for six man of the year. He talked about that in the pregame. Um this is this is nice. It's nice to have this much positive stuff to talk about. It really is. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not a lot being with the roster not being just you know super talented right now. Um mm-hmm. being very young and injured and stuff is just something to talk about. But you know, I was also looking at, you know, just on Jet, I was also looking at, you know, some of his numbers and, and Tim's numbers, and surprisingly, they're they're very comparable. Field goal percentage, rebounds, assists, you know, and that's just continuously throughout different seasons. You know, they both really around the same amount, rebound amount, the same amount, minutes, assists. You know, you know, just thinking of it objectively, you know, they have different styles, but you know, when you look at Tim make these shots and kind of look at, you know, think back on Jed how, you know, there were times when he struggled, then. You know, people maybe can see the comparison, but looking at the numbers, you know, like they say, numbers online, it's it's just surprisingly how comparable their, their stats are. Mm, I love it. Yeah. But, you know, and I feel like the upside, you know, this kind of just like just random. I mean, like the upside, if you were to look at what Dallas had when, you know, when they won, they had four core people that you could depend on. You know, you had Dirt, Kid. You know Tyson and Jet, and you know you have Berea kind of coming up, and Dallas has you know the opportunity to have four core players plus X, and if he stays consistent, you know, I kind of wonder if they you know kept that consistency and not really worried about hitting a home run if you know they can make a run, because I feel like Luca he can carry a team, and Kyrie definitely is a force to be reckoned with. You know, consistent shooting and you know lively and excellent if they could, you know, kind of continue to hold their own, if their upside would be something like a shocker, like, you know, when the Mavs won a championship. Sorry, couldn't find my own mute button. I mean, I, I, I like the concept. It's it's right now, I, I sort of am wondering what happens when the Mavericks schedule difficulty increases. Um, they look so, so solid right now, and there's a lot – to cast hopes on. Then the flip side is they played a ton of away games. Did you know they're leading the league in away games? Uh, or their away record? They're nine and, and four away from So even as as wow. their strength of schedule will, will increase, they will also play some better teams at home. And there's a like there's a there's a boost in that. Even though the American Airlines Center is occasionally like a morgue. Um, I I like where you're going with this. I mean, it's it's fun to see. Which guys will stick around for longer? Um, I there's just there's just a lot to feel very bullish about right now, and like I'm trying not to get too ahead of my skis because every time I do that, I feel like the Mavs take like two steps back. <laughs> yeah, I always I always expect, I, you know, I don't I don't put a lot of stock in there. You know, I always hope that they win, but you know, I, I don't get surprised when they lose. But you right. know, think about this, Kirk. And I could be wrong, but it seems like the Mavs have the most consecutive sellout home uh, uh, season tickets or the most consecutive sellouts in the NBA, yep. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it goes back like years, which calls into question legitimate, le- the legitimacy of the streak. It's gone on for so long. For going it's on like for one of the, Right. It's, it's one of yeah. those. 
And it's like, I've signed in on my iPhone 900,000 days in a row. It's like, does it even mean anything anymore? Because yeah. it's like, they just, but you know, it's, with Dallas being such a huge area, it also wouldn't shock me if they're actually able to do this just because tickets are such a hard, hard thing to come by. I know I've been to a couple of games and there was a couple of times I could have slid down a couple of seats. Mm-hmm. But even so, even if it's like 90% full or 80%, there's still a lot of people. And I got to, I got to, I got to, you know, kind of assume that that would be, you know, kind of a benefit of being mm-hmm. able to wrap up this season at home. But then think about this, Kirk. If you if you look at all the teams in the NBA and look at Dallas, I mean, there's going to be some teams you could say, yeah, okay, they're going to beat them. But, like, if Dallas are hitting on all, all cylinders and they're healthy, you know, knock on wood, is it, you know, can somebody justify saying that a team could beat them over seven games? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they've shown the ability to hold their own against all of these teams. They even, you know, back in the past, whenever Sacramento was kind of running off the court, you know, it was different because some of the teams that they were on paper better than would beat them. But now that they've kind of, you know, shown the ability to, you know, kind of win whenever they're playing teams that's not as good as them on paper and teams that's, you know, with better records. Yep. It's kind of hard to say objectively that any team is going to kind of, you know, maybe run them through seven games. So I feel like that's the part of, you know, somebody's going to have to try to, you know, maybe inspire hope in these kids. And, you know, when I say kids, I mean, you know, these 20 year old individuals. Yeah, I know what you mean. They're all children. God, I'm 44. Yeah. They're like super young. That's right. You know, who's going to inspire these dudes and, you know, kind of make them, you know, want it? Like, you know, our backs against the wall. Let's, you know, let's, let's try to, let's try to do the impossible. That's right. Well, man, I appreciate you joining the show as always. Thank you, Kurt. All right. Talk soon. Have a good one. All right. We're going to bring up Brad. Brad, I'm pretty sure used to join some of my other uh, live shows, but uh, is making a transition over here to this one. He uh, joined the show by shooting me a link, uh, shooting me a request on Twitter, which me goes to show you that I can operate two things at once. Brad, how you doing, man? <laughs> Uh, and yes, uh, it did because you did two things at once. Yeah, very nice. So, what are you thinking tonight? What'd you think of the game? Oh, uh, you know, realistically, I think uh, the game tonight, honestly, is a great example of um, why we shouldn't expect anything great this year, uh, but we should feel confident in the fact that Nico is like maybe putting us in a good direction. You know, like so what do you mean by at, this? Are, are your expectations for this year, where where do they sit, just so we can kind of all be on the same page? Well, I mean, depending on where we place in the playoffs, right? Like, you get out of the first round, okay, maybe. Okay. That'd be exciting. Uh, you know. I agree with that. Right, yeah. Really, like it, I'd be thrilled. And that's it, I think. You know, like, getting past that, like, maybe if we're shooting hot from three. But, hey, Luca's got to come back in the fourth quarter when he's been playing 40 minutes a night for like the past like four or five games, just to keep us afloat um, against like one of the, I don't know, like what the, what they are like the bottom five team in league, you know, and obviously we've got injuries, but you know, like realistically though, like we need him to have that stabilizing force, but you know, we've like, these wins along the edges, like Dante Exum, who everyone loves, of course. Uh, I think that you know we're just like take slow change around to like, find something to, where we can be competitive. 
been uh, right back to the thought that like Luca may leave Dallas, which I don't not really that worried about. But I'm not either in the right direction. I'm not either. So there's there's a, a Rachel Nichols, uh, formerly of ESPN ABC. She has a show on Showtime, and this mm-hmm. week she interviewed yeah. both Kyrie and Luca, and Luca kind of. Lucas sounded as bullish about the Mavericks from an institutional perspective as he right. has ever sounded like kind of by a yeah. country mile. Cause he's usually pretty cagey about that stuff, which I, you know, I appreciate. So it's a, you yeah. know, I, I think the overall direction is really the one that we, we would like to see. Um, there's the sort of, uh, you know, there's, there's enough stuff to be worried about, but also they weren't going to fix missing the playoffs in a season. Like uh, Josh, you know, they're third right now, but my kind of goal has transitioned from just make (laughs) the playoffs to, to now it's like, just don't, don't be in the play in. That'd be nice. Right. Well, but like you, you can't lie to yourself and say like, there was no thought last year to where I would have ever said after 22 games or however many it's been that we would be third in the West. There's (laughs) no chance. I thought that like that that was not possible. No, I'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, we might be like one or two games above five hundred. Like, and I know our schedule's been like pretty cake, and that's fine. But like, that's what we can It's just like terrible against team. Watch this environment has been better. I'm like shouting, like, can we extend them now, please? Like, how do we, so we do get, this? Like, how do we keep them with us? They do have him under a year, a contract for next year. So, well, yeah. it's either under contract or they have the right to, like, he. It's like the equivalent it's of birth. an option. I yeah. this wrong. But it's nice. It's 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 nice. I'm I'm yeah. I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling very good. Very good. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, yeah, but the like the, I think the the subtle things to saying, like, oh, like I I don't remember the last time like this, like, sure, like we found Tyson Chandler, like when he was like a you know, like, oh, this is a great player off injury. We found them. We're good to go. But like now, I'm like, okay, like we got Derek Jones Jr. We got Dante Exum on like minimum contracts, and then it turns out that we're like, oh, maybe we should start these guys. Like that's just like a, I don't know. That's a great sign in uh, our executive system to like identify these players that can like work well with Luca and work in the system that we're trying to do, and we're paying. Well, you know, we may not be paying them like minimally before, but, but like we're right now paying them like nothing. And this is great. Like we got Grant Williams, who's, you know, who's going to be off and on, but like we're also paying him like basically nothing for what he's worth. And yeah, uh, no, it's, it's like a, it's a it, fair you know, value contract. Yeah. 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 It's, I think, you know, this year is going to be a, in my opinion, is going to be a, Meh year, like get back in the playoffs. We're probably gonna lose in the second round, but you know, we I think instilled the confidence to have people want to come here and we've built something that 
you know, is actually worth growing on, which we haven't had in a long time. Like being able like to it. not pl- being able to not play Dwight Powell, like just because like he's not good enough to play, is yep. also a cool thing, you know. And then when he does play, like if somebody sent me a a message asking if they could leave him at the airport, I'm like. I get it, but they still need somebody. So. No, yeah, no, yeah. Dwight's the best. Like, I mean, he's he's an awesome guy, like for sure. Brad, I hope you I hope you join again. Um, so the way I'm doing these shows now is I just kind of do one continuous stream and then I cut up the audio and and do it into different podcasts for um for the podcast feed. So if if I'm ever doing one of these and you're on Twitter like you joined tonight, not via YouTube, just shoot mm-hmm. me a message and I'll let you join. Okay, yeah, appreciate you. All right, talk soon. Have a good one. All right, man. All right. Um, so we're going to be waiting for Krishna. We did have somebody briefly join the show with the handle of Mao Zedong. Um, so I don't, I don't think um, that that's an interesting name to see on the in the handle below. Um, but we had a question while we're waiting for Krishna to return back to his computer. This is a good question from Kent. Kent says, "Who is in Europe now that could be another?" Who is in Europe now that could be another steal like Exum? So I don't have an answer for this, but I did want to bring it up in the sense of I tend to view the NBA. So I I think the NBA is the best basketball league in the world. I don't really think there's a lot of, um, I don't think there's a lot of like hot, that's a hot take. But I do think that when it comes to the best players in the world, if you, let's just roughly go with that the NBA has, Every roster team has 15 guys plus, I want to say, what, three, um, up to three guys that you can have. So it's 16 guys times 30 teams. And that's, let's see, 16 times 30, 480 dudes. I would say the NBA roughly has 250 to 350 of the best basketball players alive in their league in any given moment. Uh that leaves a lot of amazing players around the world who could join um, that choose not to for a variety of reasons. Oftentimes that has to deal with money, role, life situation, etc. You, know, you don't want to uproot your whole family. Like the guy that I always reference um, is my former high school teammate, Marcelino Huertas. Uh, he is still playing basketball overseas. Where who's he playing for? But he played one year with the Lakers, and he probably could have come to a, like multiple teams over the course of his his European career. I mean, he's forty one now; he's still playing. But when he was in his late twenties and early thirties, he could have played. I'm convinced. You know, he played one year in the NBA, and then I think it went back. But it's just there's guys that can do this that pop in and they're able to serve um, serve roles. I mean, it's the the size. The defense and the speed, I think, is sometimes a little bit of a concern, but like the strength for of, of a lot of the guys that are playing overseas is really high. There's a lot of there's a lot of unbelievable basketball players. Like 17 down there in the chat says um Eddie Tavares is is the guy that's out there. He's a seven foot three guy, plays for Real Madrid. He's just he's just a, a monster of a human. Um, there's just there's a lot of options out there, and it's it's finding the guys that are willing to do what um what a guy like Exum is willing to do which was take a low rent contract and a chance to prove himself because he's still a young man I mean he I I I don't know this but I don't see why Exum couldn't have continued to make good money in in Europe but he wanted to come back to the NBA so that's got to be the key thing all right so last is uh Krishna unless anybody else taps in what's going on dude Kirk how are you I'm okay 
good. I have a gift for everyone in the chat. You and Josh were talking about it. It's it's this massive L. It's a massive <laughs> big L. Take the L. Oh my God. L for loser and lively. Oh my goodness. Look, you know, I, I get it. Everyone was up and roar in the summer after the rumored. It was what Tim, Rashawn Holmes, and like a first or something. And I was like, I was like, okay, I get it, right? It seemed like a good trade, but I was not devastated with it. Man, man, I'm, I feel good. I just felt good. <laughs> I just had to get that out there because, you know, I, I'm also not one to, you know, try to dump on people. I don't like it. But you know what? When you're right, you're right. Um, I feel good. I feel good being on the lively. It's not even a train anymore. We're calling it an airplane because it's just flying everywhere. Zooming, zooming. It's a, it's a fighter jet, you know. But all that aside, I, I think kind of everything about the game has been mentioned. I think it's just weird. It feels a little different from last season, even if the injuries are kind of devastating at this point and they've kind of piled up. But it feels like last season, the team won, I don't think was good enough to even get this win, which is sad to say, but it's kind of a reality. And two, the effort is just there. And part of all of it really starts with Luca. Like Luca, clearly he took the last season to heart. Um, in a way that I, I think every superstar has that moment and good. I, I, I'm happy for him. I'm happy that, you know, he's, he's not necessarily hurt. Like I, you never want to see, obviously you're like your best player in, in that kind of frustration, but it feels like he took it to heart and has taken this season pretty, pretty seriously, which is awesome for the, for the team and for himself. Hopefully it gets him more positive recognition than he's already got, but you know, he could always get more. And I think it's helped the team, right? I think when you see your best player, be that good consistently day in and day out, or at least give the best effort. It feels like everyone else is trying. And sometimes it just, it didn't feel like that last season. It felt like sometimes he was his own worst enemy. And I think there's, there's, I don't, I can't think of too many moments this season where he said that. I think I can think of one game, but it feels like that's happened less and less uh, so far, which is, which is why I feel like I feel pretty positive about it with, even if this is a very tough stretch, but I also, look at it positively because this team is going to get healthier and more chemistry is going to build. And, you know, I get it. I get all the trade scenarios. I get the improvement in the team, but to me, it's like a philosophical question of team building, which is, you know, how do you view this team? Do you view this team as a contender right now? Do you view this team as not even close to being a contender on the brink? And I think all of those kinds of questions bring up what you want to do with this team to me. I view them kind of in the middle. I think they could be a contender, but I think part of being a contender for them would be a lot of cards, you know, falling for them, right? All the right things falling for them. And, and it's why I'm not super go all in right now. I think it's the one thing I give the front office some credit is they've been at least a little bit more opportunistic than the past front office in, you know, you've talked about it, signing Dante Exum, signing Derek Jones Jr., um, you know, a draft night trade. When was the last time we ever saw a draft night trade from this team? Uh, not just moving down, but getting back into the draft. You know, all these kinds of things I think are good moves. And not to, again, it's not to say that they're perfect. Not at all. This front office has easily made some pretty bad mistakes as well. But I think I I err on the side of positivity, even if I think this will be a very tough stretch for the team just because of the injuries. But the one thing we've talked about, and I feel like we've been talking about it for now, I can't even remember the OKC game was like two, three weeks ago at this point. It's just effort. There's just been effort in, in all these games, which is something I don't think we 
would have said at all last season. Uh, I think you're muted. I am muted. I was uh, <laughs> typing loudly. No, no, I'm... no worries. I didn't know if you had something to say. That's no, not... you're good. This is this is. I, I think your I think your soliloquy is actually probably a top notch place to end this show because I am out of gas and I'm just I'm looking forward to this Nuggets game on on um, on Monday. I did have a, a something to pitch out there because it's the very end of the show. Um, friend of me of the show, Matt Moore, HP Basketball. I just tossed him the question of what would like what like what would you think of a Luca versus MVP or uh, Embiid like like bot like top two MVP race like that won't happen because Giannis is still too good and and Jokic is still Jokic but he's like I would love it because the two fan bases would tear them like tear each other apart. <laughs> Going I, honestly, after I honestly think that. I think at some point, like Embiid's playoff record has to like speak for itself at this point. Like Luca, I get it, short career. Luca's playoff record is easily better than Embiid's at this point, right? Like, that's oh, not a question. That's like that's like the dude Embiid to- has won one playoff series where he has played in all four victories. Seriously, yeah. he has only played in one series where they where he was a part of all four wins. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, Luca is easily a, already a much better playoff performer. He's had yeah. Luca's had better series where he's lost than Embiid where he's won. I'll say that. that's easy. I, that's easy. And I, I think at some point, like the, I feel like last year really hurt him, even for this season. You know, now it's like it almost feels like Jokic from last season, where it's like everyone saw how bad Embiid was in the playoffs, and it was like, yeah. Even well, if that, that was what was so incredible is the, the, the people who were who were um big fans of Embiid managed to push this narrative that Jokic was the playoff fuck up. And I'm just like what? Even like, it was it was crazy. It made no sense to me because Jokic at least had made a Western Conference Finals. Yes. You know, uh I get it, it's the bubble, whatever, but he still made a Western Conference Finals. He had won a playoff series before. He was also played more games. Uh, it's not to say a B's a bad player, but I feel like the discourse around all of this just gets so crazy. It's oh, like, yeah. it's no, like, I'm, I'm not I'm interested st- in it. I don't want to talk about it me neither. I, I, I just, like, I think obviously real, all of this discussion really doesn't matter to like March where you're after the all-star break. And I, I felt, I think I put this in the chat. I feel like this discussion, like all of this, like sixth man, uh, rookie stuff, yeah. obviously MVP, it's really only going to matter in March. And if the team is still winning and, you know, up there and Lucas still having really good performances, then I think he, people look back at the stretch and say, Oh, like, uh, what are Lucas' stats back then? You know, and I don't. I don't think that will happen right now. I think yeah. there's just a lack of one. When you talk about national media, there's just a lack of bandwidth for national media folks, where they just they can't watch every game, which I understand. But so what they do is they base it off of narratives from last season. So everything gets compared to last season rather than looking at this new season as a fresh one. And so I yep. think I think personally that's going to hurt Luca for a while. But if the team is just like still going strong into the all-star break and keeps going strong afterwards. I think that helps him. But for right now, I'm just happy. I, I don't think, I didn't think we would be here at this point. Honestly, with seven games above 500. I think it was a few weeks ago. We were seven games above 500 and we were, we never hit that mark at all last season, which is like mm-hmm. sad and insane to think about, but it's good that the team is at least racking up wins against bad teams. No matter how it is, it still, it still feels good. So hopefully we get healthy and everyone takes care and has a great night. Thanks so much for hanging out. We'll talk soon, all right? Absolutely. Take care, Kirk. All right. Okay, great live show. 
great, you know, two audio shows that are both posting to uh, the Ma- or the Pod Maverick podcast feed. Thank you so much for spending part of your time with me. If you could consider leaving a comment, liking the stream, uh, if you're at all interested, if you want, if you have something you really need to say to me, you didn't get to say here, either we have podmaverickpodcast at gmail.com. Always uh, interested in taking questions there. Um, thanks so much for spending part of your uh, weekend with me, and we will talk to you guys on Monday night. Go Mavs!